0: The Doctor escapes the volcanic eruptions on Dolcus by using the emergency unit, but this pulls the TARDIS out of normal time and space. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe quickly find themselves in a land of fiction where they are caught up in the games of a man known as the Master. Can the Doctor outwit the Master Brain in a battle of wills, or will he, as well as his companions, become works of fiction as well? This is the Mind Robber. Welcome to Regenerated. an emergency unit, but oh no, I can't possibly use that. Oh, but this is an emergency. But it moves the tardis out of the time space dimension, out of reality. Oh, fine. Reality's getting too hot anyway. Uh, uh, oh, all right. Here we are. Now then, which end was?
1: Yes. No, look, I, I can't possibly use this. We don't know what will happen. But will you stop your jabbering and get on with it? Look! Ah!
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerated. I am Matt and I am joined by Becky. Hello. And this week we have the Mind Robber. So after last week's little bit of a disappointment with the Dominators, what are your initial reactions to the Mind Robber?
1: Um, the, the robots kind of resemble the Daleks in some sort of way.
0: Mm, basic, again, basic robotic uh, box like human in a costume, yes. But before we get into it, let's go through some of the little details surrounding the mine robber. 14th. So it
1: was a bit confusing, though.
0: Mm, yeah, well, we'll get into the confusion in a minute. 14th of September to the 12th of October 68 five episodes, again another five, a funny five I will call it, uh, episodes a bit like last week's Dominators. This one was written by uh, Peter Ling, who this is his only um, only serial that he wrote, Thank God. and uh, directed by uh, David Maloney and this was his first um, directorial outing in Doctor Who So looks like I shall, uh, before we start I think I shall go through a little bit of a synopsis This one is quite a lengthy synopsis, but it it gives us near enough every single point that we can touch on. To escape from the volcanic eruption on Dolcus, the second Doctor uses an emergency unit. It moves the TARDIS out of normal time and space. The travellers find themselves in an endless void where they are menaced by white robots. Having regained the safety of the TARDIS, they believe they have escaped until the ship explodes. They find themselves in a land of fiction where they are hunted by a life-size clockwork soldiers and encounter characters like Rapunzel, the Carcass, and Swift gulliver this domain is presided over by a man only known as the master a prolific english writer from 1926 who in turn is controlled by a master brain computer the master is desperate to escape and wants the doctor to take his place while the master brain plans to take over the earth the doctor engages the master in a battle of wills using fictional characters zoe and Jamie overload the master brain. In the confusion, the white robots destroy the computer, freeing the master. So, from the end of the Dominators, they'd obviously overthrow, overthrew the Dominators, but overthrown, overthrown the Dominators. Thank you, Becky. Um,
1: overthrow is not a word.
0: Well, I make up words. You know that. So. Yeah, they sort of defeated the Dominators.
1: Overthrewed, anyway.
0: They defeated the Dominators, but obviously in the ensuing end, they did launch them rockets, causing the volcanic eruptions. So they had to sort of escape here from Dolcus. And again, I I think I saw it said it last week, is that this is like a continual serial. Mm -hmm. So, again, I think this is the second time that they have um, called the character the Master. So it's a bit of foreshadowing
1: here. Yeah, um, I, what, I was like, well, surely he's not in it yet.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's really strange that they kind of use it because obviously the Master becomes like quite a big character
1: in well, Doctor when, Who. When you, in Doctor Who, when you say the Master, you think the Master. That's it. You know, so I was a bit. When they said that, I was like, that can't be already, surely, you know. And.
0: Well, when you look back and you hear things like the Master, obviously they're sort of. It's obviously an idea because that developed I develops. could have
1: sworn you said that they didn't, he do not come in for a while. Well, yet. I don't think
0: he comes in till, till, um John Pertwee's era, really, as a character. Mm. But, yeah, it's it's very strange. This is just, like, maybe, like, a thing, like, last week with the Dominated the Two Hearts, where it's an idea that they sort of then... Easter egg. Yeah, they kind of, like, develop the idea. They sort of think, oh, that'll be good. We'll call him the master sort of thing. You know, and then they develop, like, another Time Lord that obviously becomes his, like, nemesis throughout the, the sort of serial so mm. yeah it's just a bit of a strange thing where they sort of reference the master here and like i say, i think it's the second time they've done this um so yeah a few points from episode one like say that dominators end and the sort of the robber sort of mind robber begins it's the same i think it's the same ending as well i think they just use a little bit of footage and sort of splice it into the beginning we Like I say, the TARDIS has issues. It ends up that, like I say, the Doctor uses that emergency unit and takes them out of reality or normal time mm. and space. And I said, the foam machine makes a return. Because the volcanic eruption doesn't really look like lava. It looks more like a foam machine. Yeah,
1: it did. It really badly did.
0: Yeah. Just and what it
1: looks, it's like lava is a lot more flowy than foam. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's just, like I say, they must have, like, just spent all the budget on a foam machine from the season previous, and so they just used it again to make it look like lava. But then, getting saying that, props-wise, or model-wise, should I say, they had a really good model mm-hmm. um, shop here. Like, we see more of the TARDIS as well, because they go and change, and we see another room. Um, it's not really elaborated on, like, we don't see much of it, but they sort of go and change. And I put, Zoe had a sparkly little number, Becky. A sparkly jumpsuit.
1: Sparkly Yeah, but yeah, yes. you saw that and her backside.
0: Yeah, and Jamie was still in the old kilt though, so, you know. And, uh, they obviously, like, sort of land the TARDIS nowhere. It's kind of nowhere. Zoe, again, she's that inquisitive mind. She wants to go outside, the doctor says no. I don't think you yeah, should. Yeah, but
1: I'd understand it. Right, if Jamie saw his home and then wanted to go outside, I'd understand that. Well, that is what. But happened. she's not long left.
0: Well, yeah, but
1: so it's like, well, home you know. is
0: home, isn't it though?
1: yeah but come off her she's not long left and she was adamant she was gonna go with the doctor so it's like well you know well what, there'll be a daft cow what know? becky's
0: referring to is that in the console room jamie's seeing this image of scotland on the scanner screen because originally there's nothing there then jamie sees scotland zoe comes in she sees her city home and it's kind of like a tempting they're tempting them to walk out of the TARDIS into this nowhere land and while we're on the subject of talking about um zoe and having a change of costume what do you think of zoe in this serial annoying mm, yes it's um it's a bit of a touchy subject as well there's a few screams from zoe as well
1: a few a few is a major understatement it's like every other word was a scream
0: well like i was saying the dominators she did do a scream but we said it was justified in that instant the scream was called for there was kind of a, a few here where it was just kind of like for the scream, f- for the sake of scream, it, you know. Scream.
1: So I'm starting to think she's making up for it.
0: So the first scream comes when they go into um. Zoe goes into nowhere land. Uh, nowhere. Shall we call it nowhere land? It's just basically a studio of white. Um, Jamie then ends oh, up. I thought
1: we could call it No Man's Land, but there you go.
0: Well, yeah. Could be because she's the only woman in it, so it's <laughs> No Man. Do you like that one, Becky?
1: No, that was yeah. bad.
0: Well, Jamie goes and reports to the doctor about the scanner, Saney Sinhum. Only for the doctor and then Jamie to go back into the console room. They see the doors are open and they put two and two together. Jamie then goes outside. Well then
1: that's not no man's land then. Well
0: no, it's it's one man land. So Jamie goes outside, there's a pulsating that affects the doctor, and then Jamie and Zoe are reunited. They are kind of lost in this sort of. Uh, yeah, but if you're going to go room, about
1: it that way, then technically it should be one man and one woman's land.
0: Well, yeah. Anyway, Jamie and Zoe, they sort of have visions of their homes again. Again, it's that temptation. The doctor tries to communicate them through tele- telekinesis, which is, again, it's weird. It's like that he can communicate with his companions um, through.
1: Telekinesis is moving objects with your mind. tele
0: think, I think, is what you're talking about.
1: Telepathy.
0: Well.
1: Telepathy is basically where you can try and influence people through the mind.
0: But it's really strange, like, how he can communicate with his mind. Like It's not one of them features the Doctor does all the time. But he does... He has done it a couple of times, I think, in the runs so far. He's been able to sort of communicate with his companions through his mind. It's just... Really strange. This is the first encounter with the white robots, like Becky says. Very crude.
1: Hexagonal. Yeah,
0: box-like structure again. They're not really the most creative robots in the world.
1: The stupid pointy stabby stick.
0: Yeah, they're not the most creative things. They're a bit like the quarks from last week's Dominators. Just a cardboard box. This time the box was kind of cut into into the hexagon shape and stuck on their head. Maybe
1: what they did... Because they used the same body from the quarks, the same head from the quarks, and they just made longer arms and legs.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably there is a bit of recycling with the costumes here. Probably recycling
1: the cereal boxes.
0: But, yeah. Anyway, the Doctor hears this sort of voice in his head. He maybe, tries to fight were... the voice.
1: Yeah, and I bet, yeah, they probably had a little thing on Blue Peter of his one we made earlier.
0: Well, maybe it was a competition run one back then. <laughs> Children, design your own robot. And this is what it was.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Looked like a five-year-old had done it.
0: Well, yeah, it does a little bit. It's very basic. Um, Basic?
1: Well, the um, quarks are
0: very basic as well.
1: You know, at the end of the day, we've had basically kids make robots out of boxes from recycling and stuff. Mm, At the end of the day, it's even they've been more complex.
0: Anyway, the doctor hears voices in his head. He tries to fight them and he, they ends were up, than he ends like up he ends up leaving the tardis and then the doctor calls to jamie and zoe who then go to him and he helps them into the tardis they take off jamie has this little nightmare about a unicorn um which Aww. is a bit poignant for one of the future episodes and then the doctor jamie and zoe How they hear he this a
1: nightmare about a unicorn.
0: wow it was coming straight towards him
1: yeah well, then, you know, they say animals smell fair. You would have
0: a nightmare about a unicorn as well if you got stuck with the pointy end. Nah. But, anyway, they hear this vibration. They can't seem to concentrate. Because that's why
1: you get a marshmallow and shove it on the end.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, but in that instant, you weren't going to have a marshmallow in your pocket. But then again, the doctor's got big pockets. He could have a marshmallow in his pocket. He managed to find know. sweets in his
1: pocket, mm. so that's how you did he not manage to find a marshmallow?
0: The TARDIS ends up blowing up in spectacular fashion. Didn't he
1: have dolly mixtures in his pocket?
0: Lemon sherbets, I think they oh. were. Or lemon drops, I think he calls them.
1: Oh, no, they're not as hard, because I was thinking, well, if he had dolly mixtures, he could use like the little gummy dome one.
0: Mm, maybe. Let's say, the TARDIS explodes in ex- uh, spectacular fashion in a really nice model shot as well. It sort of just, dis- just blows apart. It's a really cool little shot, that.
1: Yeah, but it's the thing is, everyone always goes on and on and on about how the TARDIS is indestructible. How's this? How's that? How's the other? It looks like a more rotted piece of wood than our shed.
0: Well, yeah, there's not much to the structure, is there? When it no. sort of blows apart, it, anyway, it ends up leaving the console spinning in space with Jamie and Yeah, Vic, but uh, it's Jamie. It's my and
1: question, right? If that's blown apart, you only see the outside blown apart, but the console ends up spinning with Jamie and Zoe on, right? Listen. Where are the other rooms?
0: Well, that's it. You're not meant to think that, are you?
1: Where's his chest?
0: Well, that is the other thing. Yeah, but the chest, doesn't the chest just appear when he needs it?
1: Where's his chair?
0: Well, is is it, isn't it? No anyway, man. like I say, it's spinning in sort of space.
1: But still, where are the rooms?
0: And this is where we get Zoe's first scream, where she's on it, and the Doctor's sort of on his own, spinning aimlessly in space. So that was the end of the the first episode. In episode two, they don't really say what happens here or where the cut is, but in the end, Jamie ends up in this forest-type area with this red coat, because obviously he thinks he's back, or it's somebody from the Highlands. Yeah. Um, Jamie is then shot as he approaches this red coat, and he is turned into a cutout as, um, as Zoe shouts for Jamie. Zoe is in, uh, sort of finds this door. She opens the door and falls, um, I'm guessing, in a hole in the floor. Yep. They don't really say, do they? Until I'm guessing it's later on, it's going to be revealed.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I'm guessing that's what she falls into, but we got yep. to that, anyway. We then cut to somebody who's watching on these, like, monitors. So, my first sort of impression looking back on this it's very reminiscent of the celestial toy maker yeah it's like a bit of a recycled story here yep. and i thought it, really you could have put the celestial toy maker in in this and he could have been the villain they could have brought him back for this one it's kind of like just a copy and paste i found that story also it's a bit like the keys of marinus as well with the different zones yeah and the different sort of areas that are used during the story yeah the doctor then wakes up in the sort of same area slash maze slash forest he hears zoe and jamie's voice and he goes sort of looking the watcher then sends these robots to find the doctor and the doctor is held gun by a man. We then find out later on is Gulliver, from Gulliver's Travels. Have you ever watched Gulliver's Travels, Becky, the film?
1: No, but I read the book.
0: Well, Gulliver's Travels had uh, Ted Danson in it. It's actually quite a good. I think Although it was, more of a... it was a
1: remake with Jack Black.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't but I haven't really seen that one.
1: I haven't seen either, but I have read the book.
0: Mm, yeah, it's. I think it was a mini series. I think more of like a. TV movie. I think they did loads of TV movies in the eighties and nineties where it's like a two-parter. Yeah, one at the start. Actually... Of he
1: went on an island and well, yeah, you know. he was like
0: really. I think in the beginning, he, he like uh, he's really big, and they're mm. like really really small, and they t- yeah, the, 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 the famous down. scene yes that they tied him down, so he's like a giant, and then later on they sort of roll a verse so he's so really small. Well, everyone's really big as well when he gets to the next area or land. So yeah, it's a quite good story, I think, as well, Gulliver's mm-hmm. Travels. So, the Doctor is then uh, held at gunpoint, like I say, by this man, and he sort of name drops the Master, so it's the first reference to the Master. These then children appear. that was
1: one of the very first f- um, books I ever read, apart from, I think there was that one, um, Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe, and Heidi. Well,
0: they're all kind of the same sort of formula. Um, type of book, aren't they? Really, the doctor then encounters this group of children who sort of do tests him. And uh, why did the chicken cross the road, Becky?
1: To the other side, mm. that well, or maybe he's... to run away from KFC. Oh,
0: maybe. <laughs> and uh, this is it's not really any. So, this... See, this is the thing with this story, and I'm not knocking the story. And I'll get to my thoughts at the very end about the story. Is that this thing with the children? It's kind of filler to me. It doesn't really serve too much of a purpose. It doesn't really give a doctor any information about what's happening or the master is or anything like that. The children do come back in the last episode, but they don't really do anything. They don't really contribute to the story. I think
1: after watching last night, the kids kind of freaked me out a little.
0: Mm, Yes. (laughs) We actually watched The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe. For all those listeners out there who yeah, are, yeah, trust wondering. me,
1: Matt is the worst person to watch a film with when there's a jump scare.
0: Yes, you still owe
1: you a slap. You'll, for that.
0: You'll end up jumping as well.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you'll end up jumping as well? You—that's the thing. The thing on the telly didn't make me jump. You did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the point.
1: Yeah, but I still owe it's you a slap for that.
0: Interactive films.
1: Interactive films—you couldn't get no more interactive. You could watch that in five D, and still that won't be as interactive as you trying to make me nearly crap myself. Well,
0: yeah. So the doctor then finds Jamie's cutout, and he has to then figure out this sort of uh, riddle thing with a well that basically Jamie is safe and well. And you well. nicked
1: about a third of a bottle of my gin.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then he figures out that basically there's this this bit where jamie's face disappears and then the doctor has to sort of make it like a photo fit where he has to get the eyes the nose (laughs) and the mouth and he ends up with Didn't
1: you never have that sort of toy as a kid
0: Well, it's like a felt thing
1: yeah you could make up like faces and then um, make people and dress them up and everything it's like fuzzy felts
0: yeah and we get new jamie did you because never he play gets with the, Fuzzy, Fuzzy Felts? He gets the face wrong, Becky, so we get new Jamie.
1: My mum hated Fuzzy Felts because she'd always find them all over the place. They were like sort of tinsel, mm. and you, once you found one, you'd never stop finding them.
0: Yeah, that's it. And so...
1: Uh, Unlike do, the stickle bricks, they so used wh- to get chewed. What did you
0: think of new Jamie?
1: He was a bit minging, wasn't he?
0: Well, all due respect to the actor, Becky.
1: <laughs> all due he's, respect he's, to the actor, he was minging, wasn't he? Well...
0: That's your opinion. That's not everyone's, but
1: no, <laughs> I don't like him. I think he was just one. Is f- I don't know. It's kind of like that haircut would not suit him at all. You know, it just it don't work. One, one, he must be wearing a wig. Two, he looks sort of like he's supposed to be taller than what he is. Mm. Because his face is wider, which means if his face is wider, then his shoulders are supposed to be wider, which means therefore he's supposed to be taller. Mm. Basic proportion. It,
0: it seemed like they got an actor who looked a little bit like Jamie, but not a lot like Jamie. So it's more,
1: it's it's, it's literally like they've put his face, his head on Jamie's body, and because his head, obviously, the well, that actor, is what is
0: that's what it's supposed to be, though, isn't it? But I think, be you'll find, face on I think if you find,
1: if you researched it. He'd be quite a few inches taller than the character who play Jamie, the actor who play Jamie, because the pure and simple fact, the proportions aren't the same.
0: Hmm. Uh, Fraser Hines for people out there who want to know who plays Jamie.
1: But yeah, the the point is though, you know, he'd obviously be taller than Fraser because the pure and simple fact that hit the guy's head is bigger. Mm. Is a lot bigger on what is supposed to be Jamie's body. Mm. So it's
0: Well, he doesn't he doesn't It stay, just don't look right. He doesn't stay around for long anyway. So Thank God. Because um,
1: that's like he's trying to put on a dodgy Scottish yeah, accent and all. Well,
0: I think you'll find that Fraser Hines is not actually Scottish either.
1: Yeah, but he puts on a better so, Scottish accent.
0: Anyway, Jamie or new Jamie explains to the doctor about the TARDIS being blown up and fake then they, Jamie. Well, yeah, fake Jamie. Uh, about the TARDIS blowing up, uh, they hear Zoe and they go looking, and this is where we get to the riddle about what happened to her. Basically, I think the riddle is when is a door not a door? I think is the when riddle. it's a jar. When it's a jar, yes. So then they, the door disappears, and Zoe's in this jar, and they get her out. I so think, that's actually, I think
1: that's actually when. I don't think it was when a door's not a door. It's when closed doors not a door.
0: Well, I can't remember now, going back, but it's something like that.
1: When the door's ajar, because at the end of the day, when a, jaw, when a door is open, it's not a closed door, is it? Oh. And ajar is basically where you close it, but leave a l- little bit of it open. Mm-hmm. And then, funnily enough, she ends up in a jar. Yeah.
0: Anyway. They get her out, and then they discover that it's basically a forest of words. And I can't Two remember meanings. what the words... they they're, they're like all sayings, aren't they? I think Proverbs. Yeah, proverbs or sayings or something like yeah. that. Anyway, the robots then come back. And
1: did you know, most of those, nearly, I think nowadays, a lot of them that you, actually people still say, over two-thirds of them were actually done by Shakespeare.
0: Probably right, Becky. No, I'm not probably right. I am
1: definitely right because the pure and simple fact, do you know how much horrible histories I have to watch?
0: Well, a lot of science that are, they are brought through the language through like, centuries ago, aren't they?
1: Well, Shakespeare was centuries oldie, ago. It's
0: oldy English, isn't it, basically?
1: Yeah, which most of that was actually invented by Shakespeare.
0: Yes, I know. There's a lot of things that are in normal society now that's stolen from Shakespeare.
1: What do you mean stolen from Shakespeare? It's not actually stolen, he invented them.
0: Wow. Okay, we'll move on. Um,
1: you can actually look it up. It is actually true. I take
0: your word for it, Becky. I I I believe you. Do you don't right. have to convince me? So yeah, the robots then come back.
1: Trust me, I know Doctor, my history.
0: Doctor Jamie and Zoe have to hide, but the.
1: Uh, I know my history, and better still, I know English.
0: But Gulliver, he sort of gives them away, and then there's these toy soldiers that escort. They,
1: and seeing, so actually, because the fact of it's supposed to be fictional characters, which are based in literature. It's a bit funny how you have all these sayings that are from Shakespeare.
0: The Dr. Jamie and Zoe hide, but they are found as Gulliver gives them away and the toy soldiers then escort uh, the Dr. Jamie and Zoe. Them toy
1: soldiers look creepy.
0: They sort of back them up against this wall where they hear this galloping and it's that unicorn from Jamie's uh, nightmare and it starts charging and that's the end of episode two.
1: It looks like them toy soldiers look like one of the sort of toy well, soldiers, soldiers from Santa Claus 2. And then, but with a creepier face. Mm. Like a sort of robot face. Yes. It's weird. A it's sort of like Cybermen meets, you know, a toy soldier.
0: Yes. So episode three, the Doctor basically gets Jamie and Zoe to sort of will the, the unicorn out of existence Um, By saying that it doesn't exist. It ends up turning into a cardboard cutout. Just a bit like Jamie did. And then the soldiers return. Only for the Doctor Jamie and Zoe to make a run for it. They find this house where Jamie goes for Gulliver again. He is shot. And again he becomes a cardboard cutout. And his face ends up disappearing again. Only uh, Only for then the Doctor and Zoe to work together to put Jamie's face back the way it should to be to jamie so yeah so he's not in it he's not in it for long he's only in it for like an episode so you know and also i found that talking about episodes the length of the episodes seems to me they seemed very short it mm. didn't seem like they were the good 25 minute episodes that we normally get it yeah. sort of seemed like they were 20 minutes so i didn't actually look at the timings for how long they were but they did sort of seem to me that they weren't as long yeah, They go inside the house where they find this twine. They tie it to the door and they basically explore a labyrinth. The Doctor and Zoe end up leaving Jamie behind and they go to the centre of the maze. This bit I thought was quite, um to me, it was quite poignant, this bit with the Doctor and Zoe, because they've ousted Jamie here. Mm. They've sort of told Jamie, you stay there, I'm going with Zoe. So she's become... Like the the lead, brain. Yeah, the kind of lead companion here. Yeah. And put he, Jamie well, in the place. she's
1: the brain. He's the blonde. It's To me,
0: it's a nice companion reversal. Normally, it's the man of action. This time, it was Zoe. And Zoe does actually have a really good empowered moment, which is in episode five, which I will go on to as we get to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but you have, like, um, obviously, he's been so used to going with the Doctor. And the fact that, you know, he's more of the brawn than the brains really. You know, it was always beforehand. The doctor was the brains, he was the brawn. Yeah, but then... and now he's like, you know, brains and brains rather than brains and brawn.
0: You know, with Jamie Jamie's a funny character because obviously he's a he's a Highlander. He's before, you know, a lot of the modern you know, modern era. But there's a lot of things that Jamie actually knows that his character wouldn't actually know so you could say that maybe he's learned it in the TARDIS from a doctor or he's yeah. done his research into things but there are things that he does know that he shouldn't really know and there are well, things yeah
1: there's things like uh Cybermen there are,
0: well yeah but he's encountered them hasn't he now so well, yeah no. but I mean like information about different things you know knowing mm. like for an example this is not not anything i've noticed but it's just an example to put my point across it's like knowing what a television is he does he knows what a television is yet he's never seen a television that type Mm. of thing and that happens quite a lot i find with jamie and you say about jamie's intelligence jamie is quite intelligent he's a man who actually can discover the plot before the doctor sometimes he has actually done that but then because they've given the companion second companion role to Zoe, who's a brain box now. She's kind of the one who's now coming up with the ideas of how to solve things in the plot and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice it's a nice, like, um, character turn basically here, I've found. Anyway. anyway, they go to the centre of the maze. They, find, they hear this roar. The Jay, uh, Zoe thinks it's the Minotaur. Jamie then hears that roar and he encounters one of them wind-up soldiers and He then basically makes a leg... He sort of legs... Makes a leg for it. Makes a run for it. And... We then get... um, I don't think we see the Minotaur. I think we see just a shadow of the Minotaur. Where again the Doctor is trying to get... uh, Zoe to sort of will it out of existence. And will it away. The Doctor and Zoe end up doing that. They go back to find that Jamie's gone. And then... Jamie escapes outside, pursued by one of them wind-up soldiers. He climbs up the rock face. A rope of hair comes down, climbs it up to the tower. It's obviously Rapunzel. Oh, it's he, then, he then goes inside and he's in this control room type area where there's this machine that's basically like a ticker tape. I think the old ticker tape thing That's the way i describe it, mm-hmm. where it sort of has this really thin piece of paper where it has words on it. And it's basically giving the whole story of everything that's happening with the Doctor and Zoe. They encounter this statue, which is Medusa. It comes to life. Again, model shot, stop motion here. Mm. I'm very, like, I'm a lover of stop motion. Like from the old, uh, like, Sinbad movies and that sort of thing. i um, never seen them. Um, Jason and the Argonauts.
1: Oh, I love Jason and the Argonauts. You know,
0: the stop motion is really good. And they did actually do really, really well on this one. I can't remember what his name is. It's Harry... How and how uh,
1: Jason and the Golden Fleece.
0: Yeah, it's like what Harry Hausner or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I know. I know I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um the uh listeners have to tell me in the comments who I'm I know who I'm talking about. So
1: well it's a, well, it's a good job I do somewhere, but I don't know what his name is.
0: The ending of the episode is basically the doctor trying to get Zoe to will it away and that's kind of it. Episode 4. The Doctor then talks Zoe through the process using uh, his mirror.
1: Did I do Clash of the Titans? And all?
0: I think he did, yes. Clash of the Titans. I
1: love that film.
0: So yeah, he uses the mirror to will it away or basically s- turn it back into a statue. Just like um, Perseus. Perseus actually did in the original story.
1: Yeah, not the crappy remake.
0: Which one? What, Clash of the Titans? Yeah. Well, I don't mind the remake. I think the remake's alright. It's not as good as the original, but it's it's an okay remake. But, anyway. No. Jamie then encounters Gulliver again. He has to hide from the search party slash white robots. He gets trapped inside this room. The Doctor and Zoe then find what they call the Citadel, which is where Jamie is. They go... It's in the distance, but then they end up uh, encountering this sort of superhero type person called Carcass. What a name for a superhero. The Carcass. <laughs> You've got like Superman, you know, you know Greenland, and all these type of things. Carcass. It's just really weird. It was a really weird sort of superhero name. It was
1: like Greek or something.
0: Well, it's just weird. Anyway. This time round, it's a bit of a rever- role reversal because the Doctor's never heard of Carcass. He then needs to believe the character. Zoe then ends up fighting Carcass and ends up defeating him. And this is what I was saying about. This is a bit of an empowered moment for Zoe. She's ended up... Um, Being the crab, Yeah, basically overthrowing a man. And it's, it's a nice little thing to see. Like, there's a female no companion.
1: Yeah, but there's no way someone that small... And well, if he's got super yeah, strength, yeah, that's what I was gonna there say. There is got superhuman no strength way a little, basically, a, a tiny person like her is gonna basically flip him over like that. No chance. Well, it
0: doesn't really matter how she does it. The fact that she did it was the better thing, you know. Finally, a woman has actually like overpowered a man in this series, uh, in this show, and now this is a step in the right direction to like equality. Yeah, but then, if
1: she can handle herself, what's with all the screaming?
0: Mm, yeah that's the irritating thing. She was a little bit of, little bit of a screamy companion this week, but I think', we'll, I'm gonna let her off because she actually did She did that to carcass so I'll let her off there. I think the doctor and Zoe end up ordering Carcass to take to the citadel. They go inside the doctor and Zoe meet up with Jamie, but they've got this like alarm thing on the floor, so they have to jump over that. Jamie shows doctor the words machine. Zoe then goes to leave and triggers the alarm. This bit was a bit stupid. I thought yeah. She's been empowered here. She's beating the crap out of Cargus, and then Brainbox Zoe, who knows five seconds earlier that there's this alarm thing on the floor, goes and triggers the alarm. It's, it's really frustrating there. That's really crappy writing because yeah. they've made her dumb. They've dumbed her down, even though she's the most intelligent one outside of the doctor, obviously. But she's on the doctor's kind of wavelength with the intelligence. It just it just really annoyed me that little bit. Yeah. The Doctor then basically wants the robots to find them so that he can then order the robots to take him to have a meeting with the Master. The, rock, the, the robots then back the Doctor, Jamie, and so into this doorway room where this man is sitting in his chair with these like electrodes into his head with this machine behind him. We're then introduced to him. He is like this writer slash slash the master Jamie and Zoe then basically sort of quickly get away to look for a, a way out they kind of do this behind the, the doctor's back the master then basically says or the writer says to the doctor that all along he basically wants the doctor to take care of his place as he's ageless this is also another thing first we're introduced to the doctor as being ageless he wants the doctor to take his place as he is now getting well, older he isn't
1: exactly ageless otherwise he wouldn't have wrinkled
0: well, he, or we wouldn't regenerate either, but obviously regener- so. regenerations... Um, well, they are introduced but at the minute, but yeah. Anyway, the Doctor is then kind of blackmailed into cooperating as Jamie and Zoe have overpowered, been overpowered by the robots and trapped inside a book. And basically that's the end of episode four. So then for the last and final episode... The Doctor's still emphatically saying he does not want to be the new Master. The robots come in as the Doctor sort of... <laughs> this is a funny moment from Patrick Trayvon's Doctor here. He says, well, I bet your robots can't climb, can they? So that's what he does. He ends up climbing and getting away from the robots. A bit like the Daleks, you know, go to stairs. And the Daleks can't go down the stairs.
1: Well, Daleks can fly.
0: Well, they can in later serials, but they can't at the minute. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up on the roof. Jamie and Zoe appear on the roof with the Doctor. Only for then Jamie and Zoe to sort of keep repeating words and phrases. They're obviously under the spell of the Master. The Doctor then ends up using Carcass and Rapunzel to gain entry into the Master's tape. He ends up starting to write on the typewriter to rewrite the books. Only for then him to stop. Because then he realises that if he puts his name into the actual book. Or the, the story. He would then become the work of fiction. So he ends up having to stop. The Master then. Ends up rewriting. Zoe and Jamie's view of the Doctor. To make him out to be the villain. Only for then. The TARDIS to reappear. About
1: brainwashing. Yeah.
0: Only for the TARDIS then to reappear. Jamie and Zoe. They get the Doctor to go inside. It's like this glass box. Which traps the Doctor. And then we basically.
1: Do you, but I don't think it is a box. Because. From one side it looks like it's really thin and then from the other side it looks like it's sort of... Well,
0: the nature yeah. of it is to just trap the Doctor. They basically want him to be part of the computer system and they plan all Earth citizens to be fictionalised so they can take over the Earth. So it's it's basically changed from the Doctor being the master or the writer of this yeah. fiction to we're going to take over the world it's kind of strange how that quickly that evolved but as the doctor's in the machine and connected to the computer he then realizes that he can now think things into existence he frees jamie and zoe from the control only for then the master and doctor have this sort of battle of wills where they're kind of trying to one-up and one-upmanship each other with the right and the master then orders the robots to destroy the doctor only for then jamie and zoe to get back into that control room they start pushing buttons on a, on the control panel to overload it, only for the Doctor to pull the cables from the Reuter's head, freeing him. The robots then shoot basically everything in the room because they got ordered to destroy everything. Dr. Jamie and Zoe help the Reuters out of the room as there's explosions in the background and Dr. Jamie and Zoe end up going back into reality because the, the robots have destroyed everything and the system and the control, and the computer, and everything like that. So the Doctor's logic dictates that they would go back into their reality, and the TARDIS would reappear and everything like that. Well, that's a theory. And that is the end of the episode, or serial, shall we say. So, let's say, what do you think of the mind-robber, Becky? Um,
1: to be honest, it was a bit of a try-hard. Because, to be, to be honest, it was a bit long-winded, it was a bit sort of meh in places and you know it's it just seemed like it was gonna be a bit of a you know let down anyway but then it was like they were trying too hard for it to be good
0: i look at it this way i think the mind robber has potential
1: it has potential if you cut it back
0: it doesn't really live up to its potential fully no, I don't. It's definitely, simple fact, it's definitely better than the Dominators.
1: I don't know. I thought the Dominators was better than that. Uh,
0: controversy, Becky. I don't
1: know. I just think at the end of the day, it's, you know, at least the Dominators didn't really drag on. Mm, this yeah. really dragged on, and it was like, oh my god. Maybe it should have been
0: four instead of five. I'm or even three but you're saying that and the poll we always do this every week for regular listeners you will know this but for new listeners because uh we have had some new listeners i think because the numbers seem to be going up this week so thanks for everyone who is listening the poll basically it was from i think 2014 where it was done in the doctor who magazine where they asked the fans to basically rate their episodes and they put them all into a sort of order so there was 241 These are only classic era Doctor Who episodes in this poll. There is one with the new Who as well, but we're not taking them from this one at the minute. So,
1: Well, yeah, because we're not on a new Who. No. So,
0: 241. This one came in at 73. So, it's in the top 100 for the fans.
1: Mm, I don't see it. I really don't.
0: Yeah, it's each to their own, but the fans obviously really like this one. Also, it's the first time we've had, I think, thinking back to the long well, the respective run of Patrick Tobin this is the first time we've seen back-to-back serials of full episodes it could possibly be, because there's so many gaps and holes, I think this might be that being said we are going back to animation next week but anyway, we will quickly go to the outside perspective with Mark Campbell's episode guides verdict (laughs) Written with great intelligence and humour, this deeply satisfying slice of weirdness is as fresh, funny, and scary today as it was all those years ago. Ten out of ten.
1: I just don't... I just don't... Be, I really don't see it. I really don't.
0: So, yeah, Mark Campbell give it a ten out of ten. And he's a only ten gave... out
1: of ten. I just I find it hard to believe when he's so critical about other people, other ones that are better... Oh, we've seen a lot better than that one. I just don't understand how that's a ten out of ten, but something we've seen that's better is only a six or a seven.
0: Well, it's like I say, Becky, everyone's opinion's different and everyone sees different things. So Mark Campbell's obviously watched it and thought that's a really good serial. It's got enough to warrant a ten. Like to give I like, don't
1: I think it's got enough to warrant a 10 like i, say, I think the story drags i think this, there was basically unnecessary screaming there was so many characters in it that need not be in it
0: like um like i say for the new for the new uh, listeners you know um by all means go back and listen to other other episodes but to give you a sort of a summary of our ratings we haven't actually give any episode yet a 10 out of 10. I think Mark Campbell's give like 3, I think it was. We, we did tally it on a previous episode. But yeah, he's given... I think it was Unearthly Child, he gave a 10. And this one he's given a 10. And there was another one he gave a 10 as well. We haven't given a 10 to any yet. Because nope, I, haven't have seen, one. I, mean, I haven't seen a quintessential Doctor Who to episode To be honest,
1: yet. I don't even think we've even given anything a 9. Well, to I me, haven't.
0: To me, I think...
1: You know me though; I'm the stingy. They could critics.
0: potentially, potentially be a ten coming up. Not going to say it's going to be a ten, but there is a serial I have in mind very soon, which could be a ten from what I can remember. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Might I, I do. I do think it's quite high. Ten.
1: I don't know. To be on, to be honest, I really that's going to take a lot for it to be a ten.
0: Well, we give dominators like a five. Um. But yeah. I do honestly believe it's higher. And the lowest we
1: give once upon a time was um Unearthly Child, which was like a 5.5. But the point is, you know, I I'm just re- I just really don't But I don't think Mind
0: Robbers is lower than a 5.
1: I didn't say it was lower than a 5. But you said that the Dominators was better I'd than i say this. it's even with a 5
0: average score see i i would go slightly higher than the nope. dominators i would go a six but that's my perspective on it
1: no nope, i'd still so, say well
0: let's say we'll again we'll agree to disagree what do you think at home listeners do you think that the dominators is better than the mind robber or the mind robber better than the dominators let us know on the social media which will be in the description and everywhere that you get your podcasts from it will be in our little let's say description area and next week we have the invasion we're going to eight episodes next week Peggy oh
1: god really
0: it's an eight episode and I think it's two animated six in the archives so sadly gone back to a little bit of animation but I think I can remember this one being not too bad actually
1: Oh, I hope so. Well, if it's eight, not I'm, not gonna gonna th- I'm not going to
0: give away any of. I'm not going to give away any of the story or the villains or anything, anything like that. So,
1: yeah, because we at the will end see. Of the day, you know, the last thing we want is you know. I just don't want another eight episode. We haven't eight, eight.
0: We haven't had an eight. This is the first time we've had no, eight.
1: but we've had like ones with a six or a te- or the twelve. You know, that have been
0: yes. really,
1: really, the really was, tiring to get through. The trouble
0: with the Daleks' master plan being a 12-er is we had to split it into three episodes because of, we had to sort of watch it in short
1: bursts. And, there's, you know, and it's not just that. There is the fact of, you know, when we've done sixes a lot of the time, yeah, some of them, are the, they've told the story quite well in the six episodes, but there's a lot of them... That have been very long-winded. They've been exhausting to watch because by the time I get to episode four, I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh God, I could do go to sleep," a lot so, of the time because yeah. it's it's literally all that information to process can be quite exhausting.
0: Well, we might have to end up watching it in over two days then, Becky, if you feel that way. But yeah, next week will be one episode, even though it's eight episodes. I'm going to do one it one, podcast one podcast episode. Yeah we will do it in one podcast. I
1: just don't I just think that um, with eight episodes that's good, you know I don't think I could do it in but one sitting. But then season. that
0: does bring me to um the end of this season as well we have the war games which is 10 episodes. Oh my god that one I'm probably going to split into two podcasts because I honestly think it's going to warrant two podcasts. There's a lot to get through. It is Patrick Trouton's last serial as well, so we're going to have to have a series and a Patrick trouton overview. So I think two episodes is probably yeah. the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, to be honest, you know, I just think that there's... It's just going to be so much to process, having eight episodes in one sitting. I just, I don't think I'll be able oh, to You it. never
0: know, Becky. You might get into it and you might think, actually, we'll go through it and see what we can do. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we can watch it, Becky.
1: It, uh, well, one, there's the whole thing of, one, it depends on if the kids are at school. Two, it depends on how I've slept the night well, before.
0: Well, 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 we'll, Three. Make sh- we'll make sure the children are at school because it's nice and quiet
1: then. Well, uh, not only that. If I've slept weird the night before, then that'll make me tired. Yes, you know. So, and you know me, I'm I'm a bit up and down with my sleep at the moment.
0: So yes, um. So that's wrapping up that podcast. Quick announcement: we're thinking about doing a second podcast. We'll just quickly drop and plug this one while we're here. Becky and me have a sort of a passion for musicals, so we thought it'd be a quite cool idea to put some of the the more well-known musicals into a hat pull them all out and make a sort of tournament to see which we believe is the best musical so the name i'm toying with the name at the minute i like the sound of musicals i think it's a nice little name for the podcast too predictable i know it's predictable but it's fun becky no it's not well, if you can come up with a. a I better did.
1: One. I came up with like four suggestions when we were painting a fence, and every single one you were like, no. no so, obviously, no, the same format no.
0: as Doctor Who in a way. There will be an introduction. Then we will draw the uh, musicals out of a hat and another podcast. And then we'll obviously watch them and then go through some sort of rating system, point system. We'll figure that out. So, we're just dropping that in there. That'll come. That'll probably be once a month, I'm thinking, as well, because obviously this podcast is taking the main bulk of our time so to do it once a month i think is reasonable so you have to keep an eye out for that one more details coming on that in the
1: future but then we have a slight problem because you know are we gonna just go for musicals that are on blu-ray or dvd or are we gonna go on stage musicals again because there are a lot of stage musicals that are recorded
0: Yeah, but that's all the info that we will discuss in that podcast. Trying to keep this on Doctor Who. We will keep, like I say, up to date on that one. We'll probably get that intro recorded within the next week or two. So, like I say, I will leave a link to that in the Facebook and Twitter. So, like I say, look out for that. So, wrapping it up, we will now um, go off and watch eight episodes of The Invasion Hopefully in one sitting, <laughs> and then we will share our thoughts and feelings
1: about the. And one if you didn't week. hear that, that was me rolling my eyes quite loudly. Well, you
0: gotta be in it, Becky.
1: I know, but I'm just that whole idea of eight episodes is just it's exhausting thinking about. I think, it.
0: You, from what I can remember, I think you're going to be uh, happily surprised. I think you'll probably do it in eight in one watch. Mm, I don't know. So, anyway. Until then, we will. I think we'll leave it there and uh, let's say the invasion next week, next Sunday. So I will say goodbye.
1: Either that, or you can can bribe me with chocolate.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll have to bribe you. (laughs) We have to bribe you. It's Doctor Who, and we all love (laughs) Doctor Who.
1: I know, but the point is, is like I said, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm just like basically, you know, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, um. You know sometimes I'm like a horse that just needs to be sort of pushed up a few extra miles till it gets to the grain, you know.
0: And on that note I think we'll leave it there.
1: I was <laughs> going to say old nag, but you'd basically say with something with so with con- shut Becky up.
0: conjuring up an image of a horse. So we'll leave it there. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye Becky. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>